congratulations. You have just found the number one over 50 health and wellness podcast on the planet. Hello and welcome to the Over 50 Health and Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin English. I'm the founder of The Silver Edge, and our mission is to help you build and maintain a lean, healthy body that you love for the rest of your life, so you can show up in the second half of your life as the healthiest, strongest, most vital version of yourself. In today's episode of The Coach's Corner, we're going to dive deep into a journey of health, fitness, and wellness with a very special guest. I've got Coach Russell Medeiros on the show with me today. Russell is a recent addition to our coaching staff here at the Silver Edge, and he brings a wealth of experience from his background in public service, including years in the U.S. Coast Guard and a police officer, to his own personal transformative journey into fitness and nutrition coaching. Today, he shares his unique insights on overcoming challenges, the importance of nutrition, the impact of sleep on fitness, and the power of coaching in making significant life changes. Whether you're looking to lose weight, gain muscle, or simply live a healthier, more vital life in your 50s and beyond, this conversation is packed with motivation, strategies, and real-life advice. Join us as we explore Russell's story, his approach to coaching, and how he helps his clients navigate the path to their best selves. Today's episode is brought to you by The Silver Edge. If you are interested in optimizing your health, dropping a few pounds of fat, and building some lean functional muscle, and if you're here listening to this, I'm assuming that's you, and if you're tired of crash diets and the constant hamster wheel of losing and gaining the same 10 pounds over and over again, and if you're ready to take a long-term health-first approach to sustainable permanent fat loss and muscle building so that you can show up in the second half of your life as the leanest, strongest, healthiest, most vital version of yourself, then what are you waiting for? Reach out and let's start a conversation about whether our one-on-one personalized nutrition, exercise, and lifestyle coaching services are a perfect match for you and your goals. If you'd like to learn more about our coaching services, head over to silveredgefitness.com and click on the coaching tab at the top of the page, or just shoot us an email at coach at silveredgefitness.com and we'll start a conversation about whether our coaching services are a perfect match for you. Okay, enough of that. Let's meet Coach Russell. Coach Russell, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, man. I'm really happy to have you on here. So we have not gotten a chance to introduce you to our podcast listeners formally yet. So let's kind of roll into that. So I want to let folks know that Coach Russell is our most recent addition to our coaching staff here at the Silver Edge. If you don't know, the Silver Edge is our online fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle one-on-one coaching business. And there's four of us coaches, right? There's myself, we have Coach Monica, Coach Jess, and now, of course, Coach Russell. And Coach Russell, you, let's see, you came on board, was it October last year? October, November? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes late last year, right? So at that time, I was full. I wasn't accepting any more coaching clients. And we had back-to-back male clients request a male coach. So that caused me to reach out. And I just wanted to set the story before we meet Coach Russell here a little bit of what it's like for us at the Silver Edge to hire a new coach because we work with people like you listening, right? People in their 50s, 60s, and, and a few people in their 70s. And we look, we do occasionally, we'll get somebody who's in their 40s says, Hey, I, I want to roll into my 50s as a badass. And do I qualify? Yes, of course. 
But it's when when we look to hire, so in this case, I was cutting out half of the nutrition and personal trainer coaches in the world because I specifically wanted a male, but I wanted a dude that's over 50 as well. And just so people know, that's a pretty limited pool. Furthermore, I wanted somebody who fit with our philosophy, fit with our culture, <laughs> and had a very specific nutrition coaching certification. And I feel really, really fortunate that uh, that we found you, right? I mean, I, I put that out there. You replied. We, I think we probably jumped on a call. We probably jumped on a Zoom call. And here we are all that time later. And now I, I will let you folks know that finding a coach uh, so in our co- when I say a coach in our business, you have to at a minimum you've got to be a uh, a certified nutrition coach. You've got to be a certified personal trainer uh, with experience, obviously. And while that's not that tricky, it is tricky when we look at folks in our age group. I'm not sure why that specifically is, but I can tell you the story. I went to Coaching Con, which is what it sounds like. It's a big coaching conference. There's, I don't know, close to a thousand co- coaches in this in this uh, auditorium. We're getting all this information and education, and I can tell you that the the average age in that room was probably late twenties, maybe. And it's probably only the, it was probably only that high because I dragged it up there. There weren't many folks that looked like me and you. A little gray in the beard here for those of you that yeah, are I was, not I was there. I was there too. I was the grandpa. You were the grandpa. <laughs> yes. Likewise. I and I proudly took it on, right? There are a lot of yeah. a lot of fit, good looking kids there, basically. And then there's just a few of us old folks. So anyways, Russell, let's learn a little bit about you. It seems to me that most people who end up doing something in the health, fitness, coaching space, have a story how they got there. What's your story? Well, um, I've always been in the public service. I was in the U.S. Coast Guard for eight years. I uh, was a police officer for over 17, 18 years. So fitness was always part of it. I couldn't figure it out when I got in my 30s, like something just didn't jive, uh, I would do more sessions at the gym and silly diets or not silly, but you know, just extreme sure. diets, I would say yeah. just couldn't figure it out. So I was, I was spinning the wheel and just trying to figure out life. Uh, well, 40 pounds gained on me. I, I was at my wits end. So I hired a coach. I, I, I never heard of a coach. Someone told me to hire a bodybuilding coach. So I did and did a bodybuilder thing. I didn't want to be a bodybuilder, but I just wanted to lose weight. So uh, the long, long story short, I was eating more, working out less, and I was coming into form. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. I don't understand this. So I, eventually, I hired another coach to help me out. And they, I, I just got really interested in the coaching part of it because this coach was super enthusiastic and loved what he did and, and really explained a lot to me. So uh, as a police officer in San Francisco or, or Bay Area, California, you're allowed to retire at 50 when I came in. And I'm thinking, God, what am I going to do after 50? Because I'm still young. And I asked this guy, I said, hey, do you do this for a job? Like, this is your job? And he said, yeah. And I was like, what a great job. Like, Because I was thinking of going further into law enforcement, which was already wearing me out. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, I just got really excited. So I started taking courses and, and uh, personal trainer and, and, and nutrition and then just more and more you dive into it, you you know, like anything you're interested in, you just dive into everything. And um, I'm really into helping people. And unfortunately, I hate to tell you, when you're a police officer, 
you realize real quick, I'm not helping anybody. I got in this job to help people and I'm not helping anybody. And it's really frustrating. Mm-hmm. So ha- being in this uh, coaching environment, meeting other coaches, meeting people that are frustrated and you help get them along, it, it's, it's a very rewarding time. And it's actually something I was looking for years ago to help people, you know? Amen to that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I, f- I feel strongly that there is a very rewarding aspect to coaching that's just watching people, helping people on their journey, watching them as they make progress and improve their health. And, you know, that's kind of like the tide that rises and all of the boats go up, right? As their health gets better, a lot of times other aspects of their lives get better. You know, they not only does their body composition change, but very often they find that, hey, I've got more, you know, I'm in an improved mood. My, my mental state is better. I, my emotional state is better. I've had more energy. So a lot of these things come along with just, you know, most, let's face it, most of our folks are coming to us. I mean, the vast majority are coming to us for weight loss. They're not, and a lot of folks, when they meet us, they're not even talking so much about fat loss and muscle gain. They're just like, hey, I want to weigh this some kind of random number, right? So uh, for us to have the honor and the privilege to guide those people on that path is really, really rewarding and just very fulfilling as well. Now, Russell, you had mentioned a couple things there. You'd mentioned that Mm -hmm. at one point you're 40 pounds overweight and it sounded like yet you were were working out, you were doing things that you probably thought were the right things to do. Uh, How did you end up in that state where you're like all of a sudden, holy moly, how how did I get here? I think uh, you know, I, I grew up in the era, and we all grew up in the era with the fitness magazines, right? So those sure. that was our social media for finding right. information out. And yeah. you would be like, oh, Barry Bonds does this, or, you know, like this athlete or actor or actress does this. So I would blindly follow it, and it would give you some, you know, eat a chicken breast and, and this and that and the other. And, and it's like, okay. So I did it, and of course, nothing happened. (laughs) Or or something would happen real quick and then just die out. That's kind of how I got there. I was a new father, too, in in, Mm. um, my mid-30s. I was was a little late starter. So that, you know, I'm not blaming my children, but, you know, the time restraint. (laughs) No, I I think everybody here listening that has kids, certainly. (laughs) I I blame them for the gray. I blame them for the gray. That's what I blame them for. But other than that, so just life took a hold of me, you know, and working as a police officer in a, in a high crime area, God, you're working a lot. You're a lot of overtime. And, and so yep. I just couldn't figure it out. I I, I just know. So I kind of think that's what I specialize in. Like you got a time restraint, you got some obstacles, man. I probably been there and I'll, I'll help you figure it out. You know, and that's, that's a great thing about, I guess maybe us being coaches at this age, you know, we've been through just about yeah. everything you've been through. Right, those life experiences, and that's a great point. So, Russell, I've got a I've got a client. So, just so the listener knows, every every week, Russell, uh, Coach Russell, Coach Monica, Coach Jess, and I, we all get on a call together and we talk about our clients and we say, "Hey, here are the clients' wins, and here are where we're struggling." And I've got a client uh, who is in a very high stress situation, and he's in a fat loss phase right now, and just having a having some troubles losing that fat, did a great job in the metabolic restoration phase, gained some muscle, really, really made some great gains there and really struggling on the fat side. So I came to you for that expertise, right? Because you also have spent time in this high cortisone, high stress kind of an environment. And clearly 
we know, you know, I know academically that that's not really conducive for successful fat loss, but just being able as a coach, being able to bounce that off of you. Um, and of course, with my female clients that are having some, for example, menopausal type issues or difficulties, having female coaches to be able to bounce things off of has been really, really valuable. So yeah, I, I agree that, and that's one of the reasons why I really, really want our, as we grow our coaches to be our age, 50s and 60s, basically, because we have that life experience. Not to say that, you know, some 25-year-old kid isn't brilliant and couldn't absolutely help people our age, but I just feel like it's it, we're much more relatable. Uh, we have that life experience that we can share and relate to other folks. So yeah, 100%, I'm, I'm with you on, on the whole age thing. All right. So now you're in great shape. Is that fair? Can I say that? Yeah. I'm, I'm 50 yeah, years old having 20-year-olds come up to me at the pool saying, hey- what do you do? What do you do for work? Yeah, yeah absolutely love it, man. You have to represent. Well, they ask what supplement. That's usually <laughs> yes. Twenty year olds yeah. ask what supplement. Yeah, 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 and they walk away dejected when they hear that. Well, that's well, not I, the I tell answer. Them eight hours of sleep and whole foods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. And that's a good segue into what I, I wanted to have some fun with you today here, and talk a little bit about sort of the hierarchy of healthy habits. So you had recently posted on our private Facebook group. And so folks listening to this, if you're not in our private Facebook group, what are you even doing? Get in there. It's the over 50 lean body blueprint. All of our coaches are in there. So if you have any questions, comments, want to share wins, community, all that stuff, get in there. But you had recently posted a graphic in there and it was a triangle and it was a what was it? A hierarchy of success in the gym or higher, something like that, right? Uh, yeah, of health and fitness. Yeah. Health and fitness, right? So it's this hierarchy. And so it's this pyramid and the base of the pyramid. I'm not going to give it away because we're going to have some fun talking about these things. But I think you had five things listed. Of course, the base of the pyramid being the most important as you go up through the pyramid and you get to the teeny tiny triangle at the top being the least important. And you had just brought up supplements. I think we we're both going to probably agree that they're a little higher up than, uh, than most people would like. But what I want to do is set the stage here. I want, I want to, people to kind of visualize this with me. So we're going to talk about this hierarchy in terms of somebody who wants to build a lean healthy, strong, capable, vital body, and they want to keep it for life. So not just somebody who wants to drop 20 pounds, but somebody who's interested in really healthy aging. So let's keep that in mind as we're discussing these things. And I want you guys to visualize this. Let's say that the road, the path to healthy aging leads between two mountains. So there's this valley, right? There's this narrow pass. But that pass has had a, a landslide. It's had a rock slide and it's filled up and it's now it's impassable. So we're going to have to remove some of this debris in order to successfully go forward on this healthy aging journey. And I want you to imagine that this landslide is full of boulders, big rocks, little rocks, and pebbles. So what I thought we would do is let's just have some fun. I'm just going to, I've made a whole list before Russell hopped on the, on the uh, podcast here with me of just a bunch of things that we might do to further our journey for healthy aging. And I'm just going to name them off in no particular order. And Russell and I are just going to have some fun talking back and forth, whether these things are boulders, meaning big, important things, 
They're big rocks, which are pretty important things, little rocks, which are kind of important things, or pebbles, which, you know, they might impede our traffic, but, you know, they, they're more of an, a small, tiny thing when it comes to having an impact on overall healthy aging. So if you're ready, let's do this. All right. So all right. we've got this, we got this landslide. The first thing we're going to come up to, and I, me and you, I know we both love this one. It's sleep. Yeah. Russell, is that a boulder, big rock, little rock, or a pebble? It's a boulder, hundred <laughs> percent. It's a boulder, hundred percent. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna agree, I'm gonna agree wholehearted with wholeheartedly with you. Why is it a boulder? It just hits every aspect of fitness. Uh, so again, going back to my past, I was a detective, being on call, and just the fact of. Not only, even if I had a, a full night to sleep, my phone was there and I was always nervous that the thing would go off or I'd miss a call. So it was very interrupted sleep. I don't think I ever got eight hours of sleep until I retired. <laughs> yeah. And I've noticed an extreme difference from the moment I retired, even before, even before I was hitting all the healthy habits, minus, minus the sleep. I was doing the best I could, but uh, so sleep is definitely one. Um, it just usually that's my first question when things aren't rolling right with a client. I'm like, all right, yeah. how's your sleep? Let's yep. go. Let's hit the top one first. That's my top one. Gotcha. And same. I I am fond of saying that sleep is the foundation of over 50 health. I'm with you. We have a weekly check-in form for all of our clients, and they're asked to self-rate themselves on several things. Mm -hmm. And sleep is one of the main things that we're looking at. If we see that somebody's sleep is starting to deteriorate over time, we know there's something wrong. Maybe it's an external stressor. Maybe it's you know our programming. But with, that's something we both I think agree mm -hmm. that that's a that's a boulder. We need to get that out of our way kind of first and foremost. That's one of the big things here. All right. Um, I, I guess we can't um, – I don't want to beat, uh, beat this to death or we'll be here all day. <laughs> but, right? I could go on and on about sleep, right? If anybody's interested, we have a healthy sleep guide. You guys can find that. I'll, I'll link it to the in the show notes here as well. All right, Russell. Number two, what about walking? Ooh. Daily steps. Again, I'm going to put that as a boulder for myself. Yeah. Um, I, I say this all the time. My grandparents were always in shape. They were never overweight. And the only thing they ever did was walk and eat at home, you know, and, and walking was huge. Walk to the store, walk to church, watch it, walk to their friend's house. They hardly ever drove. And uh, so I, I find that more and more now, you know, tracking clients, God, their steps are so low and, yeah. Uh, you and I both know the step counter is, you know, not accurate, but it's right. kind of a reminder. Uh-oh, I only have five, 500 steps. Let me get up and move for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, we, we, we lost that a long time ago, I think. We sure did, didn't we? That daily movement practice. And I'll, I'll tell you what, Russell, I'm, I'm with you. That's, that's a boulder. But <laughs> when I first started coaching, it was a pebble. I would hear yeah. people say, especially to folks our age, right? That you should park far away from the store and get those extra steps. I think that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. How, how are you supposed to get swollen jacked by walking? What does that have to do with anything? And I have done a 180 degree turn on that. I believe that daily walking is absolutely critical if you want to have that lean, healthy body to have that, uh, and not just that, but to have that vitality and that, and that health. And I agree with you. Most of us don't do it. And 
to be honest, it's an area that I struggle with. It's an area I'm currently mm. working on myself as an entrepreneur, as a coach. I sit in front of a computer pretty much all day long. And like you said, I've got to remind myself, of course, I, I wear an aura ring and I'll say, hey, isn't it time for you to get up and stretch your legs a bit? Which is a welcome <laughs> message because yes, it probably is. Uh, it's realizing that I've been sedentary. So yeah, 100%. It, when you're talking to somebody about daily walking, do you are you a 10,000 steps guy or what, what's your recommendation for folks? I give them eight to 10. Yeah. And, you know, it's, and I always say it's an average throughout the week because, you know, you'll see some that only get five today, but on the weekend they pick it up and right. they average about, you know, eight to 10 throughout the week. Um, what's funny is uh, w- one of my other tips I give to a lot of office workers or things like that, uh, they say, oh, I can't, I, I can't do the steps. And I said, well, does anyone in your office smoke? And I said, yeah. And I said, okay. So they get up and smoke and it probably takes about five minutes, right? Why don't you take a smoke break? So your smoke break is walking. You take a five. Yeah. Minute, I don't care what boss you tell. If you tell them you're taking a smoke break, they'll allow you. But if you tell them you're taking a walking break, they might yeah. raise an eye. <laughs> so yeah. like, I'm going to walk. Right on. Yeah, I love it. Take your, take your smoke break if you're in an office <laughs> where there's smokers. And uh, obviously, we're not, we're not promoting smoking on, on no, the Over no, 50 no, Health no, and Wellness Show. Walk, but yeah, 100% walk. that daily yeah, movement. Yeah, I'm with you. I tell people, you know, look, a minimum of 7,000 has kind of been my my benchmark. And then, but meet yourself where you are. If your average today is 2,000, why don't you yeah. just see if you can get next week, can you get 3,000, you know, av- to your point, average a day, meet yourself where you are and kind of build that up, but build to your, you know, that gold standard is 10,000 steps a day. If you can get that, that's fantastic. All right. I was going to save this one till later, but let, let's just, I think most folks, this is where yeah. most people want to go anyway. I've got supplements. I want to talk about supplements, but instead of just supplements as a whole, I'm going to break them out into some subcategories here. And if I miss any, feel free to to throw some in here. But let's start with supplements where they're shoring up deficiencies. So for example, a lot of us are vitamin D deficient. A lot of us are uh, magnesium deficient, et cetera. Is Is that a boulder, a big rock, little rock, or is that a pebble? So here's where I'm at with this. A lot of us self-diagnose ourselves, you know, and we tell ourselves we're allergic to this or, you know, immune to that. We can't do this, can't do that. And and I always ask, did, did you get tested? And so that's where it lies, right? So it could be a pebble. It could be a boulder, depending right. on where your test is, right? So I used to be a big supplement junkie and... Somewhere along the line, epiphany hit me. Epiphany hit me, and I looked at the bottle and I said, "Am I just reading this saying it does this, or is it actually doing this to me?" Right. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm kind of in the middle on there. It, it could be a boulder, it could be a pebble, depending on. But you have to know. Have to know. If, 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 you know, you have to be spot on. I, I would think uh, knowing that. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think that shoring up deficiencies, if you are medically tested, it's a deficiency, and you've got a professional who knows what they're talking about recommending the best way to shore up that deficiency if you can't get it through whole foods, for example. Uh, you know, Vitamin D is a pretty good example. So a lot of times a doctor will say, hey, take this vitamin D with K2, for example, to help yeah. with the absorption. That could be a big rock, right? But to your point, hey, I think I'm, I'm buying a a multivitamin because I'm pretty sure I'm <laughs> I'm deficient in something. Eh, that's that's probably closer to a pebble. All right, what about supplements with protein? 
you mean like protein powders? Protein powders. Yes, sir. Um, uh, again, it, it can be a crutch. So <laughs> it's kind of a, a good one. It, it could be a boulder. It could be a pebble again. So let's look at the boulder side of it is like you're not getting anything in and you're not eating any meat, chicken, fish, any any uh, protein products. Uh, sometimes our vegans, you know, they have mm-hmm. a hard time finding protein sources to get them that high. So that might be a boulder for them. Somebody like me who was living on protein shakes a while ago and not realizing that this is still a processed food and I couldn't figure out why I was still hungry. It's because I wasn't eating a whole food. So that would be a pebble for me. Uh, I'm able to cook meat. I'm able to have it in my house. I'm able, you know, I'm able to do it. I just have to do it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I hate to do it, do it that way, but it could be a boulder, it could be a pebble. <laughs> you know what? And I think probably most of the things we're going to discuss yeah, okay. probably fall into that spectrum because, look, we're all bio-individuals. We're all in different places on our journey, right? Yeah. I mean, for me, when I think about protein powders, I, that's somewhere between a a pebble and a small rock probably. You talked to Coach Monica, she'll say it's it's dust. <laughs> she doesn't yeah. use any, right? I, I depend on, I take one to two scoops pretty much every day. That helps me hit my goal. My goal today right now well, is 200 grams of protein. So it, here's another one. Like for somebody like you, who's trying to put on muscle and gain weight, you, you have to eat an excess of calories. God, if you were yep. to eat all meat all day, uh, you'd be. It'd be tough. It's hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's very yeah. full. So yep. protein powder would be an essential for you. Yeah. 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 All right. What about creatine? I broke that uh, one out by itself just because – well, let's talk about it. Boulder, yeah. pebble, somewhere in between. I'm going to go a little – maybe a little below a, a boulder. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, going to rank it pretty high. What? Yeah. What, what's up with creatine? So, much, so many studies on uh, the benefits of creatine, not only for muscle and, and things like that, but they're talking about brain – functioning and, and stuff like that. So the the interesting thing is it's God, it's so cheap now. Yeah. You know, and it's all over the place. And I think I heard we, we listened to the same podcasts, but I think I heard on one of them they wouldn't be surprised if they start throwing creatine into everything because right. of the benefits of it. So um yeah, yeah I, I would definitely throw it up there as you know, a little below Boulder maybe. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna give creatine Somewhere between a small rock and a big rock, I suppose. If there were one supplement, short short of shoring up a, an obvious medical deficiency, but if there were one supplement, I'm going to say everybody over 50 should take without question, no matter where you are, it would be creatine. Yeah. And look, if you're not familiar with creatine, creatine monohydrate, it is uh, its history. It was first, I guess, introduced into common use by bodybuilders. It kind of the idea is you're taking creatine and it helps. We're not going to jump down a rabbit hole here, but it helps with muscle building, right? And it clearly does that. And it has, I mean, the side effects it has are all positive. So, unlike a lot of things, there really aren't any downsides. But to Russell's point, more and more research is coming out that's showing it improves longevity, it improves mental acuity, it improves memory. It is just has all of these wonderful properties. So as we as we're learning more and more about creatine plus I think it is the most studied uh it has more studies behind it than pretty much any other uh supplement out there. And to your point it's dirt cheap. I get I personally I use the uh, it's bulk supplements and that's the name of it on Amazon. I just buy the great big bag of it and um yeah, uh, right. I, I use that. <laughs> other people are trying to 
get fancy and because to your point, it's it's cheap, it's easy to make, and people are trying to package it with other things so they can get higher margins on it. But all you really need is a reliable source of creatine monohydrate. All right, here's one that I'm interested in recently, and that's adaptogens. And so when I say adaptogens, folks that aren't familiar with that, that's things like ashwagandha. I think a lot of us have heard that kicked around. Certainly functional mushrooms. We just talked to a couple of people on the podcast here a month or so ago about the power of functional mushrooms. And adaptogens in general are things that reduce inflammation like on a cellular level. So uh, kind of these healthy supplements Russell, is that a boulder, a pebble, somewhere in between? Uh, a pebble for me. A pebble. Uh, as far yeah. as that. Uh, a fun just, pebble, though, I, I would say. It, it is. Uh, yeah. Again, you know, it's. I think if you cross off all the other big boulders and get down to it, it's a fun place. You know, you. you it's you a fun to place play. to play. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. It's it's a pebble. I have been playing around. I've, I've been using ashwagandha off and on for some time. Uh, I use spirulina, um, so that's spirulina and chlorella, so algae. I think that falls into this. You could make a case that that's, that's a food source. It is in other cultures and ours. It's certainly more of a supplement. been playing a lot with functional mushrooms, so I, I enjoy playing with it. But yeah, that, I, I'm with you. Uh, moving right along, probiotics. Mm. Where does that fall? I guess a, a pebble again for me. Yeah, I, I suppose it, unless it was, you know, you're again under medical supervision, you've got leaky gut syndrome or you've just yeah. destroyed your gut somehow, maybe with a aggressive dose of antibiotics or something, um, just have this general gut dysbiosis, then a a protocol of probiotics might be bigger. But yeah, I, I, I'm with you. In general, there are other things that we're going to talk about that are going to move the needle for gut health way more than than your bottled probiotics you find in a store. Um, what about fat loss drugs? Speaking of things you find in the store, um, these fat burners, fat loss drugs. Yeah. And um, I'm not talking about the prescription fat loss meds. I'm talking about just if you go to CVS, there's a whole, yeah. you know, there's a whole shelf full of these things. Remember, what was the one that was popular back in the 80s, 90s? Uh, God, I can't remember the name. Uh, it was a super popular one. But anyways, <clears throat> you read in the box. It, I took it, right? So I'll, I'll yeah. be honest with you. I took the thing, uh, if I believe it or not. But if one day I read the directions inside and it said, well, if you exercise 30 minutes a day and ate this uh, sample meal plan they give you, which was like probably 12, 1,300 calories, <laughs> yeah, and take this pill, and I'm like, Man, if I did that, I wouldn't need the pill. <laughs> like, right, that's right. Crazy. So, um, yeah. oh, hydroxycut. That's what it was. Hydroxycut. Yeah. I no, I think that, that might even still be around, actually. It is, yeah. it is still around, but uh, yeah. some formula they had back when we were taking it, I guess, is no longer around. Right. I, yeah. It had epinephrine. <laughs> it had something in it that we it no longer put in, in there. Yeah. It had yeah. the secret ingredient. So, uh, again, uh, I'm a big no on that. No, I don't even put that in my, in my, Arsenal of anything, to be right? That's, you. that's, that's not to have, have some money to burn. Just want to right, throw money away. right? Yeah, I, and look, I get the appeal of this. If yeah. you could, in fact, take a pill, drink a smoothie, whatever, and magically melt fat while you slept, wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be amazing? Well, you, that's you know, not how it works. You know, let's let's. Uh, this is a great debate right here. Uh, um, would it be right? So I think I would. Oh, lose, yeah. I would lose all my other 
things that I count as wins, right? Like I'm able to play with my children because just fat loss is not going to help me play with my children. You know, if I'm able to do things I want to do, I'm, um, I feel better of my mood, my energy, I sleep better, all this other stuff because I exercise and eat right. And just because yeah. I strip away fat, I can still be in bad health, you know? Right. So, so that I always find that interesting. It's like, uh, everyone has, we talked about it a while ago, uh, a weight goal and mm-hmm. you say, okay, that's where you'd be happy. And it's like, well, you don't know. Like, yeah. why, why is that number such a high priority? Yeah. Why is, you know, if I just lost belly fat, every, my world would be better. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I'm 100% with you. That's a very good point. And I think also when we think about supplements, say if, if we had a magic fat loss pill, but we didn't do the other things for healthy aging, we wouldn't be just losing fat. We'd be losing muscle and we'd have deteriorating health, right? So that, that's, a, that's a fair point. Let's now let's let's talk. Let's do our last supplement here, and I want to talk a little bit about some of these prescription weight loss drugs. So I'm talking mm-hmm. Ogovi, Ozempic, these semi-glutides that are out there. They are effective. Mm-hmm. Is that a where does that fall in our boulder to pebble analogy? Uh, pebble. I mean, ho- hopefully, du- would Monica say dust? I think Monica probably would say dust. Yeah, a speck <laughs> of dust. Yeah. And the only reason I say that is. Um, it's not teaching you how to live like that, right? right? So you get to a point where you lose the weight that you need to lose, and then all of a sudden, I'm going to do the same unhealthy, bad habits I did before. I didn't learn anything to get to that point. It's kind of like what they say, if you, I just gave you a million dollars, it would probably be gone really fast, as opposed to if you made that million dollars, you'd more likely be able to keep it. Right. Um, if you learn the process of <clears throat> making money versus and saying if you the process <laughs> of building. Yeah, no, no, hundred percent with you. Uh, these this is kind of a, this is a this is a game changer though, because for the first time we have prescription weight loss meds that seem to be or not seem to be, they are effective, let's face it. But to your point, they're effective in weight loss, which does not equal health. It certainly doesn't equal what we're talking about, healthy, vital aging. And unfortunately, these things are what, 1200 to 1500-ish bucks a month right now. So they're kind of expensive. Insurance doesn't yet pay for it until pharma companies can figure out how to make obesity classified as a disease, in which case insurance will then pay for it. So look out for that coming here, I predict in the near future. But the minute you stop taking it, you lose those benefits as well. To your point, you haven't you haven't developed those healthy habits. Uh, but at any rate, yeah, interesting. I'll, I'll give that one a pebble. I, I believe it may have some, uh, some applications for some people, but just overall for what we're talking about, people that are looking to move into their 50s, 60s, 70s, thriving, healthy, I'm, I'm going to give that one a pass. All right. What about strength training? When I say strength training, I mean lifting weights, pumping iron. I'm talking about for guys and for ladies. So for figure a 60-year-old lady, strength training, boulder, big rock, little rock, or a pebble? Boulder. My man. Yeah. (laughs) Why is it a boulder? Yeah, that is an easy one. Um, Again, studies have just shown it's more beneficial as we age, you know, and um, I'm not... I don't know about you, but I don't want to have a scooter when I go to Costco Mm -hmm. Um, and and I'm seeing more and more people 
my age or less with the scooters. And I'm like, wow. And it's more prone to injuries as we get older. And, but if you build a nice solid base of muscle and what Kevin and I are talking about, we're not talking about bodybuilders. I mean, right. You know, I have a friend who's a bodybuilder. He works really hard, but I could see his other structures in his muscle, in his body. That would be, you know, if I did what he did, I probably wouldn't get to where he's at. So when we're talking about muscle building, it's not like what you think. Um, So I I think that's it. We always got that bad image of, you know, especially females, you know, I don't want to get big and bulky and it's like, you could try. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I tell most, tell most of my ladies that have that concern. I said, don't worry, you won't. If you, maybe if you are 0.001% of the population, that true genetic outlier, yeah, maybe you need to be careful, but no. And what we're talking about isn't anything crazy. There's not living in the gym. We're talking about three days a week of maybe 45 minutes to an hour of professionally designed age appropriate strength training programs. And it's, when I say age appropriate, I'm not talking about little tiny pink hand weights unless that's where you are. I'm talking about these full range of motion, functional movements that are going to support you in real life, right? So I think we're, we're both in agreement on that one. All right, Russell, <clears throat> let's move along here. What about HIT, high intensity interval workout? Um, where does that fall? It, uh, it's depending on what you want to do. Um, mm, good point. You know, there's no bad ex- For me, it's a pebble right now where I'm at in my life and what I'm doing. It's a pebble. I, I, um, I'm putting on muscle, so it's not really a focus of mine. Um, but maybe when I start stripping away body fat, get toward the tail end, I might throw a little hit in there. So then it still wouldn't be a boulder. It would be (laughs) more of a rock somewhere, you know, at that point. But I guess it just depends on where you want to go. What you want yeah, to that's a good point. It it is. It's depends on what your goals are, right? If you're somebody who is needs to or wants to be highly conditioned and explosive and fast, and these really short bursts and hit is probably excellent. I'm a I'm a big fan of hit. I'm gonna, I'm going to give this a I'm going to put this as more of a small rock in the overall mm-hmm. things that we need to do to be healthy, vital, over fifty humans. But again, that. That for you, that priority might be a little bit bigger. But yeah, I, I like that one. What about avoiding alcohol? I guess we'd be hypocrites if we said Boulder because I have a drink here and there. It's just where I put it in my life. Um, again, depending on what you want to do. So you want to focus and dial in and lose body fat and probably, you should probably knock it out for a while. Again, I'm a big believer in being social and hanging out with friends is part of fitness. I think that's a big part, right? So um, yeah. I'm not against it. Just I, I always say it's not the calories from alcohol. It's the calories after alcohol. That get you. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. Right. We the tend decisions. to make yeah less healthy decisions after yeah. a few drinks. Yeah. I drive by sure. Jack in the box all the time, but I tell you, if I was really drunk, all of a sudden, Jack in the Box looks good. <laughs> sounds, sounds really, sounds really tasty. Yeah. So this this one for me has moved up, and again, it's less because of the calories, and but it's more so, uh, you know, there's a number, there's this cascading effect from alcohol for me personally, where I am in my journey, right? And Lord knows, I'm I'm not one to to preach abstinence here, given my history with with alcohol, but. Kind of where I am in my journey is I, I've noticed that 
when I have drinks in the evening, which is typically when I'm not day drinking, I'm usually evening drinking, it disrupts my sleep, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm making poor, healthy choices that evening while I'm having those drinks. And then I wake up feeling really crappy the next morning. And so there's this, like I said, this cascade of, of unhealthy events. Now I'm much more likely to make an unhealthy breakfast choice than I would if I just woke up feeling great, right? So I've disrupted my sleep, which is is messing up my recovery. And there's just this whole, for me on this personal journey, this why is, you know, what role does alcohol play in my life? And why do I feel like I'm, I'm somebody who will, you know, enjoy having drinks, especially when I'm in, in an uncomfortable environment. So I'm kind of an introvert by, mm-hmm. by nature. So let's say my wife is a, is a lady boss, real estate agent. I'm very frequently going with her to awards dinners and things like that, where I don't really know the people very well. And the conversation is not health and fitness or fishing or something I'm passionate about. It's about real estate and real estate business, which I'm not, I don't know anything about. I'm not passionate. And in that, in that situation, I feel like I need a couple of drinks because once A, everybody else is drinking and B, once I have those couple of drinks, I feel like I fit in more. And so lately in my personal journey, I've been trying to pick that apart. Well, why is it? What is it about that alcohol that, what what is that serving? What is that doing for me? Why am I not, do I feel like I'm not good enough? I don't belong. I can't participate in that conversation until I've had the alcohol. Anyway, it's just this this journey I've been on. So I've been reducing it just, I mean, year over year till now I I have a couple of drinks a year now. So I've really yeah, changed my view yes. there. However, I am aware that there's a social role in alcohol that people connect deeply with one another. There's a cultural role with alcohol, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to, I would move avoiding alcohol upstream. I, it's certainly not a boulder, I don't think, but I, I, I'd call that one a big rock. Um, and again, it depends on where you are and your relationship with alcohol, I suppose, as well. My favorite social hack that I like to give clients is <clears throat> I, I drink tequila and I drink it straight. But like you, I probably have you know a handful of drinks a year like at this mm. point. But uh, what I do is get the tequila, right? So you're at a bar or restaurant or whatever, tequila, I'll drink that. And then after that, I go to the bar and I say, hey, I'm the designated driver. Can you throw water in here and give me a lime. And I walk around. So people probably think I'm <laughs> yeah. 12 tequilas deep. Right. The, the night's going on. They're probably really worried for me, not yeah. knowing that I had one. But it, yeah. it, it gets that whole like, oh, you're not drinking. You know, you have to have something in your hand, right? Because people will yeah. harass you all yep. night. And yeah. So that's my, <laughs> that's my one good tip I try to give out to everybody. If you right. want to avoid drinking at social events. Or I'm the club soda. If you'll give me the club soda in the yeah, short exactly. glass with the lime in there, I feel like I'm having a cocktail and I'm not. And, yep. you know, I started this whole journey, um, you know, hiding that I wasn't drinking really, mm-hmm. and then moved to, you know, just trying to avoid explaining <laughs> so much. Now I just, I, I try to just be myself. I'm having water. If somebody questions why I'm not drinking, I'm just very honest. Oh, it's not serving me very well right now. And I just kind of move the conversation somewhere else, unless the person's genuinely interested, right? And then we'll have a conversation, but- at any rate, yeah. What's, All what's, right. What's funny, real quick, what's funny is since you're in the health and fitness industry, everyone judges you like, oh my God, I can't yeah. do this in front of him or I can't right. do that. And you're like, no, just do what you want. And 
I have a drink. I eat bad once in a while. <laughs> I do yeah. this. Oh, I'll, I'll smash a dessert. And to yes. your point, if I'm out with a bunch of people and they're like, okay, oh, well, there's the fitness nerd over there. <laughs> and they're kind of surprised when, you know, they come around, they say, what would you like? And I, oh, you know, that berry cobbler with that ice cream sounds amazing. How about you bring that out for me? Exactly. And they're like, wait, what? Um, but yeah, there's, there's a time and a place for everything and hundred uh, percent. Alrighty, Russell. Let's we I, we really do need to move along here. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about a few of these, some of these other big ones. What about eating real food? Said another way, avoiding processed food. Boulder, Boulder. Big Rock, Little Rock, or Pebble? Boulder, hundred percent with yeah. you. That's a Boulder, folks. Uh, I, I don't think we really need to discuss that much. Hyper palatable, ultra processed foods are designed to make you overeat. They're calorie rich, nutrient poor. Real whole foods are the exact opposite. What about prioritizing dietary protein in your diet? Boulder, pebble, somewhere in between. Oh, uh, I'm boulder on that one. Um, man, I'm, I'm with you right there. Yeah, that's. I think that when we, especially in our age demographic, as uh, let me think. I'm trying to think if it's true. We're, I mean, collectively now we've got well over a hundred, maybe closer to probably closer to two hundred. Plus, I, I should guess I should know this, but how many clients have come through our program? But hundreds, let's just say. And I'm trying to think of a single one that came into our program that was eating. At, no, that's not true. I, I could think of at least one exception. But for by and large, almost everyone is under eating yeah. protein. Has that been your experience as well? One hundred percent. Yeah. Even yeah. the even the fitness people, you know, the people who come even in with the a fitness, good fitness base and everything. Yeah. Oh, yep. You would think they would be all right, and you look at it, and you're like, ooh, that's pretty low. That's pretty low, <clears> yeah. And if folks wondering what we mean by pretty low, here at the Silver Edge, we like to advocate uh, 0.7 to 1 gram of protein per pound of ideal body weight daily, right? So just to kind of give you some sort of a context there. All right, Russell, what about detoxing your environment? And by this, I mean things like beauty products kitchen, laundry room, that sort of thing. Is that a is that a boulder, big rock, little rock, or a pebble? Are you talking like environmentally safety stuff? Yeah. So mm -hmm. I'm talking about like your underarm deodorant, your toothpaste, your oh, oh, dryer oh. sheets, your, you know. Yeah. Um, um, maybe small rock on that one. Okay. Uh, just I'm, just I'm for me. I, I, I'm – yeah. I think I'm going to go big rock on this one. Yeah. Um, I think that so many of us have just taken for granted most of our beauty products, all of the plastics and Teflons in our kitchen. I think in our, you know, maybe you're just using regular laundry detergent and then you throw in a, a dryer sheet. Maybe you have a Glade plug-in because you're, you got stinky dogs like me running in and out of the house. And I think that any one of these things is, you know, this tiny amount of toxin that's in that, we're fine, right? Your body is incredible at detoxing. You have organs specifically designed to detox these things. So when, you know, somebody says, hey, that underarm deodorant you're using has got, you know, harmful chemicals and fragrances and thalons and endocrine disruptors, they're absolutely right. And then the person who says, yeah, but the dose is in the poison, they're absolutely right. But I think when you take this compounding effect of all of the toxins, we're basically swimming in a toxic sea at this point, including our air and our water, but even our household products, 
the more I look into that, I think the more room there is for overall health improvement just by switching up soap, shampoos, um, deodorants for ladies, all the makeups and things. I'm a big fan of uh, Environmental Working Group. It's I think it's ewg.org. They have an app, but anything that has a barcode, you can – Pretty much anything, any beauty product, any cleaning product, even foods you can scan, and it gives it a it gives it an unbiased, uh, you know, they don't take money from uh, cleaning product companies or anything like that, but it gives you this score of you know red, yellow, green, and that's a good way to start. Go into your bathroom and just start scanning some things and looking and seeing there. I think a lot of you'd be surprised at some of the things that uh, the toxins that you're literally applying to your skin. Uh, but anyway, that's that that's one that probably would have been a pebble. It certainly would have been a pebble or non-existent in my mind once upon a time. And the more I learn about it, and the more I experiment in my personal life, the more and more I move that up. That's a that's a pretty big rock for me. You know, it's funny. It was a pebble because I was too lazy to figure out what's good and bad. I'll, I'll be throwing myself right under the bus, right? There you and go. Then you yeah. gave me this, the ewg.org, and I'm check, like, okay, check it, now this check it out. This might super move simple. My, Move it up yeah. a little bit more. It's it's funny. It's uh, eye opening. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I need an environmental coach. I think to right on. Shopping with me to figure out what's what. I like that. That's great. I I yep. just wrote it down because I'm gonna I'm gonna use that. So <laughs> I, the next the next uh, question. Next time we do this, might be a different answer on that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it moves up. Right. And that's yeah. fair. All right. Russell, what about sauna? Lots and lots of talk about the health benefits of sauna. Where do you fall on that? I think it's up there like a big rock, but I don't do it myself. I'm too ADD maybe. (laughs) I'm just all over the place. I can't sit there for (laughs) sitting around for, you know, a long period of time really. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I probably should, I should use it more. uh, I'm with you that I, that just sitting in a hot room is in my idea of a whole lot of fun. I don't do it very often. I, I, I think sauna, I'm, I'm going to move it down. It's, I think it's a pebble. Okay. And the overall, the overall scheme of your healthy aging, I'm not convinced that sauna uh, or any of this temperature, temperature kind of stuff. That's all the fad right now is all that. So if, if sauna is a big rock for you, what's cold plunge? Uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I would probably move it down now that we're talking about – if we're talking about longevity and, and things of that nature, yeah, probably rock, uh, small rock. Small rock, yeah. yeah. Cold uh, Plunge is all the rage right now, is, man. That, you go online, your favorite influencer, there's a there's a video of God. him or her just grimacing and toughing it out and dipping down into that ice bath, right? Yeah. $4,000 tubs you can buy at home and yeah. Dude, yeah. That's a that's a multi-billion dollar industry now. Wow. Cold Plunge tubs wow. sales. It is crazy how that has really taken off. And again, I think it appeals to that hey, do this one thing yeah. and it will have these amazing benefits. But I'm here to say if you haven't if you're not consistently hitting your protein, consistently eating whole foods, consistently strength training, consistently dialing in your sleep, uh I don't know so much the cold plunge is really the answer for your health longevity. I mean, look, clearly this this heat cold contrast there is there are health I'm not saying there are no health benefits to sauna or cold plunge. 
I just think they're being overhyped right now. Yeah. It seems like they've kind of caught on. I, I'm going to give both of those. They're, they're getting pebbles in my book. Mm. All righty. Uh, here's another good one. What about intermittent fasting? Uh, I'm, I don't like it myself. For me personally, just I enjoy eating. <laughs> I have a grasp on what I eat, so I'm not worried about, you know, um, just like anything else, I always tell people, if this is something you can do the rest of your life and it's something you enjoy doing, then and it's working, you know, has benefits for you. It, it can have some benefits uh, in many different aspects. For me personally, no. I have friends who do it and they've done it all their lives. So that's, you know, it's fine for them. So I, um, yeah. I'm not against it. If a client wants to do it, we just kind of discuss what the long road looks like ahead of us. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think if, I, in fact, I'm 100% with you. If it's something you enjoy doing and it works for you then and you can see yourself doing it for the rest of your life, then have at it. There, If you're doing intermittent fasting for weight loss, I'm personally not a fan. In that case, I move yeah. intermittent fasting from a small rock to a pebble. Um, not a big fan of intermittent fasting for the reason of weight loss, which is kind of how it's been – Packaged yeah, and popularized lately. The Although there's, off. yeah, there's some crazy claims as well uh, about all the you, miracles of intermittent fasting. But I, I take it back. You know when I do use it is when I'm if I'm dieting and I go a little lower with my calories. I tend to do better if I don't eat in the morning and eat later in the evening. So mm-hmm. I'll use a little bit of it. Not not the sixteen eight window they right. give, but yeah. I will push my breakfast out. So and I guess we all fast, right? At night. I, it's I, built into our biology. Yeah, 100%. I don't, I don't That's what I say. Yeah. Before you start freaking out about intermittent fasting and it, the mir- miraculous powers, if you do these two things, one, you don't eat after dinner. So let's say dinner is mm-hmm. at 6.30, you're done by seven. If you're not eating or drinking after that time, you are in fact intermittent fasting and you are intermittent fasting. And, and I'm, I'm assuming that breakfast then is the next morning at mm-hmm. six or seven or eight, something like that. So we've got this 10, 11, 12 hour window of fasting. You are in fact intermittent fasting. Yeah. So that's our biology has baked that in for us. I don't think there's any miracle in eating in just a six hour window or things like that. Uh, certainly, certainly not for for fat loss, uh, but even for just overall health and longevity, that's not a big fan. All right, Russell, here's another hot one right now. What about red light therapy? Ooh, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> but as far as I think it's uh, pebble. Um, I think I'm it's pebble. Yeah. I'm there, there's, I, we had a guest on the podcast a while back who, he, you know, he's, he's a bolder guy when it comes to yeah. red light therapy. I, I'm with you though. I will, we'll kind of wait and see what the science tells us. But right now I'm, I'm going to put red light therapy down there with a pebble. I do. I think there's some promising studies coming out of red mm-hmm. light therapy, specifically that near red light therapy type stuff. Cause it does seem to have, does seem to impact cells at the mitochondrial level in a very optimal, healthy way. And I think that if we see, if, if that promising research continues to advance, I think we may see that bump up from a pebble. But I think today, the way kind of it's being marketed and sold to us, I, I agree. I, I think that there are other things we can spend our time and money on. Yeah. Um, all right. Next one on the list. What about tracking calories? Calorie tracking. Is that a is that a boulder or is that a pebble? And, um, I, I'm more maybe slightly below a boulder. 
um, just it's nice to know what you're taking in. We have an abundance of food, so you know it's not like back in our gathering hunting and gathering days we we you know ate when we ate. So, but now we can eat whenever. So, which leads and then adding processed foods into it leads to overconsumption of food. So, sure does. I I, I love tracking. I have no problem with it. Um, I do see people who have you know some issues with being too consumed with it, you know, it could have mm-hmm. some effects that way, but sure. But in any regard, even if you use the hand method, you know, the three ounces of meat and you're like, all right, I eat five ounces of meat with each meal. That's still tracking, you know, it's just not as precise. So it's always yeah. good to know what your plate looks like and you know how to build it. So I'm a, I'm a big yeah. opponent of it. I, I am as well. I'm going to give this a small rock. Um, oh, okay. and, but I do think that it is important that I, I'd like to say, unless you have a, some sort of dis- disordered eating history, this probably doesn't apply to you. But just for most people listening to this, doing it at least for, let's just say, a week or a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. right? And I think that practice of weighing and measuring your food and tracking it gives you a bunch of information that you didn't have before. One is you get to see how ridiculous one tablespoon of ketchup is. Yeah. Most of you are not eating one serving of ketchup, right? If you're having say French fries or a, a cheeseburger or something like that. And likewise, uh, you know, a quarter cup of granola, which is a typical granola serving size is a comically small amount of granola. So me- weighing and measuring, learning what six ounces of meat looks like versus a, you know, 12 ounces of meat versus four ounces of meat. I think there's something important there. And then of course, for those of you that want to go on diets, those of you that want to lose weight, those of you who want to build muscle, those of you that have these healthy body composition goals, having a benchmark for where you're starting, that's one of the reasons diets fail so drastically in our modern culture is it doesn't take into, into account our starting place. If yeah. you're a female eating 1,100 calories or a dude eating 1,800 calories, you probably have no business going on a diet. Mm-hmm. You just don't. And mm-hmm. you might not know or you don't know <laughs> how much you're eating if you're not, if you haven't tracked and have some sort of a, a sense there. And same thing for for protein, right? We said, hey, you should have 0.7 to 1 gram of protein per pound of ideal body weight. Well, if you've never tracked, you don't really know how much protein you're getting. We get people, and Russell, I know you get it all the time too. I'll get clients say, yeah, I'm eating a lot of protein. Yeah. And then we dive into their goals or into their food logs. And it's like, no, you're eating 45 grams of protein a day. That's no. not a lot of protein. And they're like, well, wait, I had two eggs for breakfast. Yeah. I had a turkey sandwich for lunch and I had you know chicken breast or fish or something for, for my dinner. And I'm like, yeah, that adds up to about four, you know, less than 50 grams of protein for the day, right? So uh, I think I I do think that tracking calories is is important in that context. But just in overall, uh, do you have to track calories for you know to be healthy for the rest of your life? No, no, no you don't. Yeah, hundred percent. No. All right, let's move along here. What about stress management? Stress management um, tactics and techniques. Yeah. Um- I'm bolder on that one. That one, I, I think just maybe because my past, you know, with uh, uh, being a police officer, an on-call detective, uh, going through a separation and child custody, you know, all these things that cause moving. I mean, all these things that cause masses amount of stress. And uh, I didn't deal with it too well back then. So uh, I went down a bad path with that. And, it's crazy anybody who's 
been stressed to the point where they were hospitalized. You don't realize, I, I thought something happened to me. I thought I had a, a massive injury or <laughs> so my body was just shutting down. And it, it was shutting down and what came back was stress. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm a big boulder on that. Yeah, I, I'm with you. That's that's a boulder, and I, I think the people might be surprised. I mean, two of our two of our boulders were sleep and stress management, and again, and they they kind of go hand in hand, right? When you're stressed, you're not sleeping well, which sets you up for more stress. And there's mm-hmm. this whole there's this negative biological cascading effect of things that happen as our cortisol is constantly rise, right? When we have that chronic stress. Uh, of course, for those of you that are first responders, you guys have that chronic stress. But on top of that, you have big doses of real acute stress as well. And when we look at things like a diet or a sauna or a cold plunge or working out, know that your body's perceiving these as stresses as well and just stacking all these one on top of each other. And to your point, Russell, when when you know, if we can't out recover that stress, that's gonna that's gonna turn around and either create ill health or in your case, very ill health. Mm-hmm. I, you know, personally I ended up in a, a three day hospital stay myself in my in my forties, very, very unhealthy. And stress one hundred percent was the one of the contributing factors to how I ended up there. I thought I was having a heart attack and like five o'clock in the morning, I was being rushed to the hospital, had uh irregular EKG and was rushed straight into the catheter lab. And it was pretty intense few days there. But at the end of the day, stress was a huge contributor to how I ended up there. Now, I had a number of other very unhealthy habits that weren't weren't serving me either. But yeah, that I, I agree. That's absolutely a boulder. All right, Russell, let's let's wrap up here. Uh, just a couple more. What about low carb and keto? Because man, that's that's all the rage here as well. I'm dust on that one. <laughs> You're dust on yeah. that one. All right, why dust on that one? I just, I just think it's again, it's just marketed for the wrong purposes. It's this is the I don't know about you. Every client I've had. Well, I tried weight uh, keto and it worked. I go, well, you're talking to me, so obviously it didn't yeah. work because you're yeah. trying to. So if it worked, you wouldn't be talking to me right now. So that's right. That's my main thing. <clears throat> yeah, I, I a lot of times, you know, it's kind of funny. You probably have this experience too. So when I meet somebody new and they say, "Hey, what do you do?" and I say, yeah, "I'm a personal trainer and a fitness coach. I've got an online business." Blah 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 blah. One of the first things people will ask me is what I think about one of two things. It's either what do I think about intermittent fasting, yeah. usually in the context of weight loss, or what do I think about keto? Yeah. And it's always in the context of weight loss. And it usually goes something like this. A buddy of mine at work lost 20 pounds doing keto. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> if you really want to talk about this, let's have a conversation. Could you spend the rest of your life never eating another carb? Mm-hmm. Does that sound realistic to you? I thought, yeah, I don't really like carbs. And I'm like, oh. A, you're weird, and B, then have at it. Maybe it will work for you. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Super low carb, uh, keto, ketosis, this whole fat is your fuel. It, it, look, in some very, very rare cases, might that be appropriate? But I, I'm going to give that uh, a, a tiny pebble, something yeah. you got to sweep up uh, maybe at the, at the very end if you wanted to play with that after you had everything else in line just mm-hmm. to kind of see how your body responded. Maybe, but yeah, that that's a that's a pretty small yeah. one. Um, all right, last one here. What about consistency? So consistent oh, action. That's a boulder. 
That's a boulder, isn't it? Yeah, it's probably no surprise to anybody listening. Yeah. Why is consistency a boulder, and how does one how does one stay consistent? Well, I spoke earlier about my early journey, and uh, nothing I was consistent with. Right, I turned a new magazine page, and I said, "Oh, this diet's going to work. Oh, that one's going to work. That one's actually." I, I bet you, if I stuck with most of those, you know, it would have worked temporarily, but it you know didn't. So consistency was a big one. Um, and then consistent, how to stay consistent. That was your next question. That was your, yeah. So how to stay consistent is, you know, I treat everything like I'm a big person on how you feel. Right. So if I get eight hours of sleep and I feel great, I concentrate like, wow, I really felt great getting eight hours of sleep. So now that's a, that's a heavy focus for me. Right. As opposed to where If I don't think about these things, if I don't fe- think about like after I eat a, a good meal, how I feel, you know, and then it'll lead me to eat more good meals. <laughs> yeah. The the, uh, the whole thing about the walking, I- I'm a big believer. Uh, again, I was a detective stuck at a desk. Every hour on the hour, I set my alarm and I got up and I took a five or 10 minute walk. Why? Because I hate doing cardio. So that was my cardio. <laughs> yeah, all right. So yeah. I looked at two different things. I could either go to the gym after and do, you know, half hour, 45 minutes of cardio, or I can walk four miles with these 10 minute increments throughout the day. So um, just little hacks, you know, uh, uh, things like that. That's how I stay consistent. Um, or, hey, you want to walk more? Get a dog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'll do no it. Choice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I I love that. I, I love that idea that you're you know, I kind of think of that as refilling the the motivation tank, right? Motivation mm-hmm. is a very fickle friend here one day, gone the next. <laughs> but when you do these healthy habits repeatedly, you get this positive feedback. Oh, I like the way that makes me feel yeah. when I, you know, when I eat these healthy foods and I'm fueling myself and I'm consistently hitting the gym, I feel like Superman. When I don't, I kind of feel kind of crappy. And so that kind of helps helps you with that consistency. But yeah, I think that, um, you know, jumping from one thing to the next, whether that's a nutrition program or uh, <laughs> program hopping, you yeah. know, just kind of seeing something <clears throat> in a fitness magazine or online and just, oh, I'll try this. I'll try that. I'll try this. I'll try that. Uh, not not really conducive to long-term success. It's, it's a whole lot of just the boring basics and just showing up and being consistent. I think that really uh, contributes to that, to that healthy... Uh, healthy aging. Well, Russell, we've, we've moved a bunch of boulders. We moved some big rocks, little rocks. We swept away some pebbles. The way should be pretty clear. What am I missing anything? What else, anything else you could think of that we should probably talk about? I'm sure there's a new trend happening right now. We don't know about yet. So <laughs> there probably we'll is. Have plenty so stay of, tuned. We might we'll have, have plenty of more of these. <laughs> yeah. The great diet. I heard that's coming out next. So yeah, the, <laughs> we'll the talk next about thing. That. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Russell, I want to thank you so much for, I mean, just joining our team. You've been a, a, a fabulous member of our team. You've really, like I said, you at the earlier on, you've really melded in with our culture. You fit our philosophy already. I know your clients love you. Uh, folks that want to reach out to Coach Russell, what's the best way? Uh, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. You're uh, around. Yeah, right? you can get through through the uh, uh, 50 Blueprint. I'm on there, so you could yeah. message me there or reach out to Kevin, tell me you want to message me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Hey, for those of you that are on Facebook, let's, let's do this, right? 
Get your if you're not already in our private Facebook group. Again, that's the Over Fifty Lean Body Blueprint. Get over there. Get in there. And what I'd love to do is keep this. Let's keep this discussion going. After this episode goes live, I'll make a post in that group, and we can start a conversation. Did we miss things? Do you disagree with us? There's. I'm sure there's got to be a cold plunge lover out there. It's going to say, "No way." It's been a mm-hmm. boulder in my life. Love to hear that story, mm-hmm. right? Or somebody who's been, you know, has reversed autoimmune disorder through red light therapy or something. Get in there and, and, and just don't take our word for it. Let's let's make this a conversation. Let's continue the conversation over there. We'd love to know what you think. Russell, thanks again for being a good sport coming on here. And folks listening, I hope you enjoyed joining Coach Russell. If you'd love to work with Coach Russell, hit us up. He has some open slots. Love to get you in here. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, that's our show for today, folks. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I want to let you know that we have other free resources over at silveredgefree.com. There, you'll find our free guides with our top tips on nutrition, exercise, and healthy lifestyle to assist you in your weight loss and fitness journey. So feel free to head over there and download anything that looks useful to you. I will put links to everything we talked about in the show notes. You folks can find those over at silveredgefitness.com slash 270. As we wrap up our time together today, you can show your support for this show in two important ways. The first is to tell a friend about this podcast and encourage them to give it a listen. The second is for you YouTube folks to click the like and subscribe buttons and for you podcast folks to please give this podcast a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on and be sure to subscribe and follow so you don't miss any future episodes. I really appreciate you spending your time with me today and until next time, stay strong. Stay strong.